When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all. Looking to bring it open. He's got it. Snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away. Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning. 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinton Williams. What a beast. Number 95 for the Jets. Listen, thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet One. It's time for another edition of the State of the Jets Roundtable. Reunited and it feels so good. Nick Spano's back. Nick Spano of U Stadium, the co founder. Nick, it's been a while. How you been, buddy? It has. It's been a few months, right? I think I saw an invitation from the last time we spoke. Has it been since April? Pre-draft, right? Yeah, I think so. Or at least when the Rogers stuff was first really getting going. Because then you guys yeah. were super busy. And then after the Rogers stuff happened, it was kind of a dead period. So now it's good to have you back on, though, and talk about <laughs> what's going on with the team and the fallout and everything. Yeah, I think you kind of, it's good to be back. But also, I think you can kind of feel football getting close this week Mm -hmm. i think once the fourth of july is over you know even though it's still hot and nasty out you start to just you know two weeks away right unless well what a week and a half until uh till camp you know kicks off i know the jets are one of the first teams to report um because of the hall of fame game but man i think what two three weeks from thursday is is the hall of fame game i mean that's that's here bro it's fast I've always said that when it comes to football, Joey Chestnut at the hot dog eating competition is sort of the groundhog day of football. If Joey Chestnut eats 70 or more hot dogs, it's going to be a short period of time until football starts. <laughs> sort of like if the yeah. groundhog sees his shadow. That's the football version of it. By the way, Joey Chestnut, 62 hot dogs, rain delay is what he said is the reason for why he only had 62. By the way, I say only 62 as if anybody besides him could eat more than that anyway. But it is wild that he eats 62 hot dogs and that's considered a disappointment. I think in some ways, that's sort of what we're looking at now with Aaron Rodgers, right? Because the Jets haven't been in the playoffs in 12 years, but now they've got Aaron Rodgers. And I think the playoffs 
are the bare minimum of what fans are expecting. And we'll talk about reasonable expectations and the ceiling for this team in a little bit. But first, let's discuss the Rodgers acquisition to begin with. I've talked about this before. Rodgers, obviously, if he's anything close to what he's been throughout his career, could be a major difference maker for this team. There's some questions, of course. He's going to turn 40. Only Tom Brady has really continued to be at the top of his game at that age. He also is coming off an injury. He had a down year last year. He's got new players around him. On the other side, of course, he could be reinvigorated by the change of scenery. He seems to be motivated much more so than he had been the last couple of years in Green Bay. So what do you think here? Aaron Rodgers, how much does he move the needle for the Jets? I, I think he moves the needle not only on the field, but off the field enormously. I think it's probably the biggest acquisition this team's probably ever made. I, I, I spoke about it really all the entire chase, right? The uh, February, March, April, we were waiting for it to happen. And just what what he will do for the the vibe in the building, the, um, you know, just keeping everybody accountable. And that goes from the owner to the GM, to the assistants, to the coaches, to the players, to everybody in that building. The Jets have gone from a team that plays in the NFL to a team now that's actually competing in the NFL because of him. And yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think we'll see the MVP Aaron Rodgers. I mean, shit, we could, and you know, hopefully we do. But realistically, even if he is, even if he is what we saw last year, and that was a bad year for him, that's a that's as good of a season we've seen from a Jet quarterback in, in God knows how long. So um, I don't think we're, I don't think we're going to see what we saw last year. I think you're getting a reinvigorated Rodgers. I think you have a better team around him. He's, he's with the play caller that he wants to play with. So I think you're going to see a really good season from Rodgers. Um, I just think he does so much for this franchise. I think he brings so much to, you know, just hear the, hearing the players talk about it. And it's funny to hear, like, because they, they sound like kids. They sound like fans. Like, I, I, like I think it was, like, Quincy Williams and, um, you know, Garrett Wilson and some of the guys are like, I, I have to take a step back and just turn and look and realize – holy shit, that's Aaron Rodgers in the huddle. You know, they, they've gone from, like, absolute amateurs, and that's being, I mean, that's being nice from what we had at quarterback the past few years, five, six years, to Aaron Rodgers, a first ballot Hall of Fame, you know, his own level of the Hall of Fame, not just say Eli Manning Hall of Famer, right? Like, yeah, whatever, he's at the one Super Bowl, but he's the, the own, your own tier of Hall of Famer. You know, not Tom Brady, not Peyton Manning, but right there. So it's just he brings so much to this team and, and to the franchise that, you know, I think you're going to I think you're going to feel the you're going to reap the rewards and the benefits of Aaron Rodgers after he's gone, because I think he's going to bring that type of excitement and um, accountability to everybody. And it's going to linger after he's not here anymore. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Remains to be seen exactly how it works out. But I will say it does feel surreal at the moment. I remember being at the stadium when Brett Favre jogged out of the tunnel for the first time. It was at a preseason game against Washington. And I remember looking at my friend who I was sitting next to and saying, am I actually watching this? Is Brett Favre wearing a Jets uniform? It just didn't seem real. And I think once we see Rodgers on the field, not just in training camp, but actually on the field, 
we're going to have that same reaction. Is this real? Are we actually watching Aaron Rodgers in a Jets uniform? Let's talk about what was done around Aaron Rodgers. If you look at the roster, the Jets didn't make a ton of upgrades. They brought in Alan Lazard and Michael Hardman. They lost Braxton Berrios and Elijah Moore. And one could argue that's a downgrade. And on the defensive side of the ball, Chuck Clark was brought in. He got hurt. Then they brought in Adrian Amos. I suppose that's better than LaMarcus Joyner. Al Woods comes in here. Quentin Jefferson comes in. But Nathan Shepard leaves and so does Sheldon Rankins. The offensive line, they didn't really make major upgrades. I guess Joe Tipman, but he's still a rookie. So what it appears to me here is is that the Jets are banking on the young talent continuing to ascend and the roster being good enough with just Aaron Rodgers being added to it as the major piece to make that jump. It worked for Tampa Bay with Denver. They needed an influx in year number two, so maybe that ends up happening. We talked about it on the show with Cameron Parker, who hosts mainly Broncos and writes for Predominantly Orange. Once Peyton Manning showed up, and played at a high level for the Broncos. People realized Peyton Manning was still Peyton Manning. And then you saw guys like TJ Ward, Aqib Tlaib, and Demarcus Ware show up the next year because they wanted to play with Manning and try and win a Super Bowl. So perhaps that happens. If Aaron Rodgers has a big year, you see players like that show up in 2024, assuming Aaron Rodgers sticks around. What do you think? Did the Jets do enough around Aaron Rodgers to put the pieces in place for him to really make a run? Do you think there were guys that they could have been more aggressive to get to help him? It's a good it's a good question, right? Because, like, if you take a step back, obviously try and take Rodgers out of the picture, but it, it's hard to because he's an MVP quarterback, But um, and it's not every day, every year that teams can just pick one up for relatively cheap. I mean, the Jets, you know, the first rounder, is, it is what it is, but they didn't mortgage the future for Rodgers, but... Um, you take a step back and you look at the addition minus Rodgers and you're like, eh, whatever, you know, Lazard, Hardman, cool. Um, Chuck Clark, that really sucks because I was a big fan of his and thought he could have, you know, played a really big role here. Um, and I'm sure I'm forgetting some other, oh, the, the rotational D lineman. I like a lot, Jefferson and Woods, but they're rotational guys. You don't, you're not blown away. Um, add Aaron Rodgers to the puzzle. And I think what you have is, and then getting Vera Tucker and Brees Hall hopefully back week one. Um, so those are two major, you know, you kind of look at those as additions and then whatever with Becton, we'll figure out what happens there. And then Max Mitchell as well. Um, it doesn't wow you. Now, I also don't think they're done. I think I have a feeling they're going to add another offensive player, whether it's Dalvin Cook, um, somebody shakes free in camp or a trade or whatever happens. I don't think that this is the final roster they're going into camp with, uh, into the season with. Um, so um, I guess, you know, it is mid-July, so it's hard to say the roster is not complete yet, but we've seen Douglas add pretty solid veterans almost every year, if not every year so far since he's gotten here. So I do think that there's more moves to be made. Um, but as a whole, you know, it's, I looked around the league this off season and it was a weird off season. It kind of took a step back to normal. Oh, you know, from, from the past three or four years when we've seen like massive trades, we've seen, you know, skill position players, AJ Browns, we've seen like star players switch places and outside of Rogers and maybe I guess Jalen Ramsey, you can say no, no other team really improved that much. Like I was, I, I, I was doing like a, a league overview as a whole and I was like, Outside of Aaron Rodgers, who else 
made such a, a massive improvement that you're like, oh, watch out for this team. I mean, can, can you think off the top of your head? I mean, it's Darren Waller fit in that conversation. I don't think so. Um, so it was just one of those weird off seasons where the whole league really didn't go too crazy. Where the past few years, it felt like the NBA. You had superstars moving somewhere every other day. Um, so when you look at it from a whole, as, as you know, all 32 teams, I think the Jets improved a lot. But if you take a step back and look at their roster and say, did they go all, you know, quote, all, quote unquote, all in as, you know, maybe we, some Jeff fans were expecting. Um, I wouldn't say that, you know, I don't think they jeopardized anything. Uh, I didn't think they went crazy spending their cap. If anything, they, they were conservative a bit, um, you know, missed out on maybe like the Fletcher Cox. They could have went a little more in, but like, is, is a rotational 30 plus year old defensive tackle going to move the needle that much? I think they did a decent enough job filling in, you know, the, the rotation on the, on the interior. So, um, Calais Campbell, same thing. Another 30-plus-year-old defensive lineman who was going to rotate. So other than that, like, what moves could they have made? I mean, maybe in the draft they were thinking of adding Gibbs, the running back. I mean, I don't think anybody here is losing sleep over that. So it's a tough question again, and and I know long-winded answer, but um, did they go all in and make those, like, star moves that the fans are, like, amped about? No, outside of Rodgers they didn't. But I think they improved the roster – enough to be considered one of the eight teams who can compete this year. Right now, Vegas has the Jets as the sixth best odds to win the Super Bowl. I don't remember the exact <laughs> order, but it was the Eagles, the 49ers, the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals. And I think those are the five teams that you would say clearly the top five. And then after that, you can have a discussion. And I think the Jets are probably in that next tier is that how you feel that the Jets are right in there somewhere in that five to 10 range in terms of most likely to compete for a championship? I do. And, and I say that we're on that next year, not because of the roster, but because of the coaching staff. Um, and this might be opening up like a bigger can of worms that we might, you know, continue to talk about. And we've spoke about it, you know, off, off the show. I, I'm just not in love with the coaching staff, mainly the head coach. I, I want to really like Salah. And I, and I do in a way, I just still have a lot. He has to prove a lot to me. Um, now I think Rogers and I think Hackett are going to help. I don't think Hackett's a great coordinator, but I think he's good for what, what we're doing. Um, and obviously Rogers helps a ton. So that's one of my big worries. I think, I think they're, they're an offensive skill position player away from being on par with the Bengals and the Bills. And probably the 49ers. I think the Eagles and the Chiefs are clear, clear cut ahead of the Jets where they are, roster, coaching staffs, etc. I think with another, let's say, into Dalvin Cook, which I'm sure we'll get into. If you add Dalvin Cook to the mix, I think that puts the Jets in the same breath with the Bills and the Bengals. I think it gives them enough firepower. Obviously, one major difference there is that with all of the teams, with the exception of the San Francisco 49ers, who are a weird anomaly just because Kyle Shanahan seems to have magic powers. But the other four teams, you got Burrow, Allen, Mahomes, and Hurts. Those are all young quarterbacks who are either superstars already or seem to be on the verge. Jalen Hurts, I would say, is right on the verge of being a superstar. The other three 
are arguably the three best quarterbacks in the league right now with Rodgers. For as great as he is, there, of course, is still question marks about him going into his age 40 season, coming off that injury and all of that. So I think that might be part of why, if you're somebody who's gambling, you might put those other teams ahead of the Jets. Now, you said the Chiefs and the Eagles roster-wise are clearly ahead. I think the Eagles probably top to bottom have the best roster in the NFL right now. But if you're looking at it from that perspective, I think for as much as Rodgers helps put the Jets in a different category than they were before, maybe the questions about him is what keeps them from, at the moment at least, being up there with the Bills, the Bengals, the Chiefs, the Eagles, and even the 49ers. 49ers are a different category because they have such a strange situation there where it seems like they could just sign some guy off the street at quarterback and find a way to get production out of him. But I think that might be what you're looking at right now and why the Jets are sixth instead of a little bit higher than that. Yeah, for sure. And then the coaching to me is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I think, you know, I think obviously Andy Reid speaks for himself and you mentioned Shanahan. I think uh, Sirianni is a really good coach. Mm-hmm. They lost their two coordinators, so we'll see. But they did replace them with some quality guys, so I don't know how much they'll, they'll miss there. Um, to me, McDermott and uh, Zach Taylor aren't – they aren't like – they're not top-tier coaches. I think McDermott's always been a little overhyped. I think he's the, – the culture I'll give him the most credit for. I think he's built something really good in Buffalo and Josh Allen obviously helps. Um, and I thought Dayball was a big part of it, but I think McDermott to me isn't a guy I go in worried about getting out coached or outclassed. I, I think he's a good coach, but I think that's where, where it ends. And the same with, with Taylor. I think those two quarterbacks and the talent that's been, you know, accumulated there prop those two up. So I'm hoping that's where Sala falls into, you know, granted Sala, you know, McDermott's a defensive mind and Taylor's on offense, but, you know, I'm hoping Sala is propped up by, which I think we saw a little bit last year without any quarterback, uh, is he was propped up by the talent that's been brought in. Nick, you talked about the talent, so let's talk about the guy that brought in the talent, Joe Douglas. Now, this team hasn't even gotten to 500 since Joe Douglas is here, so that's obviously a black mark against him. But if you look at the roster when he first showed up and you compare it to the roster now, very big difference. Where are you on Joe Douglas right now? Are you very content with him? Do you think he deserves an extension already? Or is this something where you need to see how 2023 plays out to really make a decision on whether or not you think he's the right guy for this team going forward? No, I definitely think he's the right guy. I I think he deserves an extension. I think, you know, the one... It's funny because I think he deserves an extension, but I think Sala still has to prove himself. But it's hard to do that. Usually, if you're going to give out an extension similar to when Rex and Tannenbaum were here, you give him out, you know, you know, but at the same time to tie them together. Um, to me, I don't think there's any way you move on from Joe Douglas. Doesn't matter what happens this season. He's put he's put way way more than enough talent on the field. Got Aaron Rodgers. Didn't give up too much for him. Um, left this team in good cap, good cap position. I know they don't have a, well, most likely won't have a first next year, but they've made about six first round picks in the last three years. So, um, there's, you know, it's not like they're, they're desperately needing a first round pick, you know, because like the Rams, so to say, um, I think, I think Douglas is awesome. I know, I know the, the talk is the record 
honestly, this to me is still year uh, three of the rebuild. You know, this is going into year three, the two years of Sala. What happened under Gase was like he was still he was swimming. You know, he was learning how to swim still. But that nonsense that was going on here. Um, so I'm not I'm not putting those putting those failure of years under Douglas. I think we all knew what was going on. They were clearing out a lot of bad contracts, terrible draft picks. Um, I know some of the drafts, again, some of his draft picks don't look great right now, but um, the majority of them, in my opinion, look good enough. And I think he's done a really good job of, of finding talent in different ways, whether that's, you know, waiver wire, undrafted free agents, back end of the drafts. I think Douglas is awesome. I think he's probably the best personnel guy that Jets have had since Parcells. That's head coach and GM. Um, so to me, Douglas should be here for the foreseeable future. Obviously, if this this team shits to bed and they're not able to come out of the Rodgers thing with anything and they can't find the replacement and get the quarterback position right, he won't be here for, for too long. But um, I think he's the right guy. I think he brings a professionalism to the building too. Like there hasn't been very like LOL Jets moments under him. Um, so I think he's he's absolutely the right guy. And Salah, to me, is the one who has to uh, prove himself this year. What did you think of what Joe Douglas did in the 2023 draft? I didn't love it, honestly. And it's funny to say coming over, coming after, you know, raving about the guy. But I understand they were in a bit of a different situation. To me, they went into that draft knowing or saying to themselves, we're, we're drafting for event, eventual replacements. I think they took pass, a pass rusher, not because he was their best player on the board. Obviously, it was somewhat of a weak draft, as everybody said. Um, I think they're they're preparing to not have Carl Lawson after the season. Who knows about Bryce Huff? Um, and he's still a pass rusher, regardless if I love the player or not. Um, I, I like Joe Tittman. But I know we spoke about I loved John Michael Schmidt. So he was the center I would have taken. So um, that's where I had the bigger disagreement with. But I think Tipman is fine. I think he can play in the NFL. Uh, my issue is I don't know if he's a, a starting center for a decade that I think Schmitz is. Um, then I like some of the, the athletic players that they drafted later in the draft. But to me, it's not a draft. It's so different than the, the, you know, the draft the previous year where – almost all those guys played and played a lot. I don't think you're going to see too, too much of this draft class, mostly because they've drafted well, signed, you know, filled the roster with enough talent that they weren't desperate for, for starters that had to come through the draft. Um, I think you, you look at this draft, you really have to wait for two to three years down the line to judge this class. Cause I don't think you'll see a lot of um, Will McDonald really early. I don't think you're going to see the, the tight end, Zach Kuntz. I don't think you're going to see much of the linebacker. I liked the D-back from LSU, uh, Bernard Converse. I liked him before the draft, so I was glad they picked him up. But to me, it's, you know, you have some projects, some special teams players, and then you hope to get a starter or two out of them down the line, whether it's next year or the year after that. But um all in all, I didn't love it, but also to me, it's one that I'm going to wait to to judge on longer than I normally would. What do you think the reasonable expectations are for this team this year? And what do you think is the most likely scenario? Do you think they have a real chance to win the division, wrestle it away from the Bills? How do you think this ultimately turns out in 2023 for the Jets? 
if this team doesn't win double digit games, it's a failure. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. If this team doesn't make the playoffs, it's a failure. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say they, if they don't win the division, it's a failure because you have a team in the bills that might be the best regular season team in the league. I think they might be a better regular season team than the chiefs. Like, the Bills just beat up. They they eat these bad teams for lunch. Like they're gonna beat, and Josh Allen's gonna beat ten. They're gonna win ten games. Give them ten to start, and then we'll see what they end up with. Right? Like I think that's the Bills. But I also like I'm more worried about the Bills in the regular season than I am in the playoffs. I don't think they're a good playoff team. But you're you're competing in the regular season with a team that, in my opinion, is probably the best regular season team. So. It's going to be tough to win the division. I think also to win the division, you have to beat the Bills twice because because of that. I think the Bills are going to get fat on the majority of the teams that they play. And if you want to win the division, you're going to have to take two games from them. So those that's how like if the Jets lose week one, it might sound crazy, but I think they're they're in the wild card conversation already. That's how that's how important I think the two games against the Bills are. Now anything can happen. Obviously, the Bills can for whatever reason, just continue just to, for, to be a downtrend. And maybe they did, maybe their window is closing. But based on what I've seen on a larger sample size, three years, call it, I think the Bills are just going to beat up on bad teams and they're going to win 12 games. So um, to me, if the Jets win 10 games and make the wild card, you know, good year, especially for a team that you know hasn't been anywhere close for mm-hmm. over a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they go win 10 games and lose in the first round, I don't think anybody's going to be happy. Um, so, you know, win a playoff game, win two. Like, again, I don't think anybody will be disappointed. I mean, uh, mad, but I think you'll be a little disappointed. But, you know, I, I fully expect them to win 11 games and make the playoffs. Nick Spano, co-founder, U Stadium. Thanks so much for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. Been way too long. We're going to have to start doing this much more often, especially as the season gets closer and closer and we've got training camp coming up. You guys have a ton of stuff going on at U Stadium. In fact, you guys were the bell of the ball with all this cornerback craziness going on with Sauce feuding with Asante Samuel and then Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and all these other guys getting involved and then Darrell Revis jumping in to punch, metaphorically, not actually physically, Asante Samuel in the mouth. It was some wild yeah. stuff, but somehow you guys found yourselves in the center of it. So brand is growing strong and it gets stronger and stronger. What's going on over at U Stadium right now, man? Yeah, we kind of just were the middleman and all we did was host a space and all of a sudden we get, you know, Chauncey, Chauncey Garner Johnson jumps in without being invited and then Revis, uh, I keep doing that. Sauce, I guess it's not a bad thing. <laughs> Sauce gets mad that he kind of, uh, took to a, a public forum to discuss two players. Um, then Chauncey said he doesn't care and kept calling him little bro and sauce didn't like that. And then sauce invited us up to speak in a space and didn't really have a chance to say anything because they were going back and forth with each other. Um, and it was just one of those, you know, 2023 Twitter dramas. So it was funny. It was definitely a funny and interesting day. Good conversation with, with Chauncey when we had a chance, but, um, yeah, just gearing up, man, for the season and excited to, to hop back on. And, you know, I'm always down to, to come on and chat. Um, you know, excited. It's a, it's a fun time. We should all soak it in. We don't know how long it's going to, you know, going to last. Hopefully two, three years. And then 
then hopefully this team learns from what Rogers does here and can turn turn themselves into a uh, you know a consistent winner. But for now, we're uh, you know just enjoying this and uh, a lot going on with the takes feature. A lot of a lot of preseason takes going up there. A lot of MVP talk, comeback player of the year, um, top one hundred player stuff. People predicting who's going to be in our top one hundred and. Um, you know, you can r- win money based on your prediction. So you can, if you think Sauce is going to win Defensive Player of the Year, that could be a take. You put 10 bucks on it. Uh, other people on the app will agree or disagree. They'll wager their 10 bucks. The money all goes to the middle. And then based on the outcome of that take, the points are rewarded to the winning side. You can cash out, do all that fun stuff. So it's a fun way, peer-to-peer kind of social wagering. It's fun. It's not the hardcore gambling like a FanDuel and DraftKings brands. Um, it's more for the super fan who wants to essentially put their money where their mouth is. So if you want to try it out and you haven't yet, just DM us at U Stadium. We'll get you your first uh, take, whether you join one or create one. That'll be on us. So just uh, shoot us a DM on Twitter, Instagram, anywhere you find us at U Stadium. So um, looking forward to seeing everybody on there and just uh, getting back talking football, man. It feels good. And the best part about takes, of course, Nick, and I talk about this all the time, is that you can make these wagers without risking any of your own real money. So there's nothing to lose. Yeah, for sure. So go ahead, DM Nick over at U Stadium on Twitter, and he'll get you some points. Tell him that we sent you over here at Play Like a Jet. Check out everything we're doing over at playlikejet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Some awesome All-22 breakdowns on our channel right now for you to watch. So check out those videos and subscribe if you haven't already, youtube.com slash playlikejet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's tee We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's tee And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time. doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you can go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com. 